Previously on the Jay and Dan podcast. Mm-hmm. Whoa, I've got 20% battery remaining on this phone. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, that's not good. Ooh, not good at all. Well, we'll see how far we get through it. Mm-hmm. I'm wearing a dress shirt, and if I go one butt more, it looks like daddy came to play. What does that even mean? I don't know. I'm gone crazy. Mm-hmm. Okay, can I get a wine? Is that possible? Who are you asking? You. <laughs> you. Mm-hmm. Three poops today. TMI. Is it? Is it too much info? I thought that we could talk about anything on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Saturday, I tried to put together a Little Tykes picnic playhouse. I nearly died. I was nearly not here with you because it was so frustrating. The instructions were so how many vague. How many parts? Like 500? No, like eight. Mm-hmm. I think we lost Jay. His phone was at 20% battery when we started this. He didn't know how long it would last, and this is how long it lasted. Mm-hmm. How do you think things go? Ah, uh, spectacular. Was that a complete sentence I just said? I don't think so. Things went. I got the gist of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Quarantine? Quora f*** off. We've got sports. You're listening to the Jay and Dan Podcast. Brought to you by our friends at McDonald's. Daddy came to play. Dance. Dance. It is the Jay and Dan podcast. Last one of May 2020. Thank the... I was going to swear. I can't swear that early. It's May 25th of 2020. You uh, hanging outside your old school, Toolsy? Uh, no, I'm out. Uh, let's see here. Can I flip this around here? There we, there we go. Right by the that pool. Looks nice. Perfect. Did you buy a pool, a house with a pool, Toolsy? No, I, uh, squatter's rights in this place right now, because, uh, as I described on the TV show Monday night, um, no air conditioning. And I just got off the phone with the air conditioning guy and he's giving me some air conditioning mumble jumbo. And I'm oh, sorry, I'm looking at the wrong side of the camera. And he said he had to order a part and can order it tomorrow. And it's got to come from the States. All that told me was I'm not going to have any AC for a while. Ooh, not good at all. So something maybe you wanted to get checked out before we started to get hot weather tools? No, see, here's the thing. I, I uh, turned the AC on on, what was our first hot day on like uh, last Tuesday or Wednesday? It was pumping out. It was like an ice box in there. And then it slowly started to deteriorate mm. and then woke up and I just, you know when uh, sweat drips down the back of your legs while you're sleeping? Yeah, mm. woke up in that. Oh, that's hot. Tell us more. <laughs> um so so yeah so the old homestead is uh, a little too steamy so you're squatting in a mansion somewhere in the country i love it that's that's right it's uh it's like my um the wayne manor right right and you're the superhero who takes care of all the crime in the kawartha lakes region no, no, I'm the butler. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> You're Alfred. Alfred is the name, I think, right? I don't understand. Yeah, I saw. Were you crying there? I saw something coming out of your eyes. Well, um, I, I, I seem to be having an allergic reaction of some sort. Uh, maybe it's the vin. Maybe it's the wine. I don't know. This is delicious, so, though. Getting back to butlers, why would you ever choose that profession? It's a really Just good question. Serving yeah. someone all day. Yeah, that's an excellent question, Dan. I wonder if, you know, I always think about a profession, yeah, butler, uh, nanny, any of those things. I think you just fall into those jobs, don't you? You kind of just fall into it. You're doing something. Someone says, you know what? You know who needs a butler? Dan O'Toole. And they just do it. And then you're like, you know what? I actually, I'm good at this. Like, I can take care of this person. It's easy. I know what I'm doing. Uh, I know my hours. Uh, It's a nice house. It. I'm a butler. That's here's a here's a question for you. Have you ever met a professional butler who is a butler for a family? No, never have. Don't know anyone that wealthy, to be perfectly honest. I mean, when I think about it, in this country, are there people with butlers? I mean, maybe David Thompson. Like maybe David Thompson has a an actual butler, but I don't know how many people have butlers. I know I know. There's people who have probably seven nannies for their kids, but but I can't think of 
Do you think, do you know anyone with a butler? Well, I think it's changed because you wouldn't just have a, a butler. You'd have a, a chef. You'd have a nanny. Uh, you'd have an assistant. You wouldn't, because a, a butler doesn't cook your meals. He brings them. So you still need a chef. So I think uh, the, the profession of a butler has evolved maybe into many other professions. Well, wait a minute. Hasn't it always been that way? Like a butler a hundred years ago, wouldn't, wouldn't they have also been bringing you food that was cooked by somebody else? Where are you? Are you in some sort of like Blair Witch sort of universe? No, it's just a big mosquito came by. Um, but I just, maybe people, they just don't, they don't need the, they don't have the need to be served, but they do like to have things done for them. So yes, your chef cooks your food, but you can just go get it yourself or the chef will just serve it to you. Right, right. Yeah. So maybe the butler is obsolete now. Maybe the butler, you've cut out the middleman. That chef just serves the stuff to you and then says, all right, I'm done. I'm going to my room. Leave me the alone. That's one thing. If I did win the lottery, uh, I would get a, a chef. I would uh, right now uh, with the two kids under four uh, in quarantine for the last two months, it would be, I would have three nannies here instantly. I would have three nannies because <laughs> we do not have a nanny. Uh, n- nannies are cool. I think nannies are the best. Uh, but but my wife is at home. My wife. Uh, she's at home all day. So we just made the, the decision. No, nanny. We don't need it. Right now, man, a nanny would be so sweet. Oh, nanny. Oh, boy. Nanny. Hey, can we uh, cue up the theme from the nanny stuff while we're talking about nannies? Jules, have you ever had a nanny? Never had a nanny. Um, yeah, I always would like to have a helping hand. I'd take anyone to help around the house, really. Anything. Anyone. A robot? Yeah, a robot. Anything at all, really, would be would be great. I agree. It would be fantastic. Oh, by the way, I want to address something I said last week. Dan, I think we were talking to Kenny Daniels, play-by-play man for the Detroit Red Wings. Well, two things. I apologize for my phone dying, and I abruptly left the podcast. Though so I was talking to Stoff before you jumped on here. It sounds like it was a pretty great way to end the podcast, just me just leaving. Yeah, you pulled my move, the Irish exit. And then you didn't message Stoff and I for like at least 45 minutes after the podcast. We're like, did he die? What is he well, okay? I, I had to charge the phone up mm-hmm. and I had to go have a drink. And then I kind of forgot I was charging the phone up. I don't know. I, I thought, well, maybe these guys are still going. I don't want to interrupt them. Maybe they went for another hour. Without, you know, I, I, I had no idea. But I got a few people asking me about my um, opinion that I would like uh, best of three series in this 2014 playoff format thing that the NHL is going to try to do. Uh, people are like, oh, what, you don't want more hockey, idiot, or whatever. And it's like, okay, <laughs> I, I understand what you're saying. <laughs> I understand what people are saying. But three game, best of three, man, come on. That is intense. That is yeah. intense. That is so like you know, games of it, I think, would honestly amp up the quality of play. And, uh, yeah, I just like the idea of doing it. Tulsi, is that, are you pumping in birds? (laughs) No, it sounds like, it sounds like I'm at the masters, but no, there's a conservation land right behind here. That's real bird noise. Wow. Tulsi, you got to start doing the show, the TV show from out there too. I think that's really nice. Um, the biggest problem I see with the return to play for the NHL or any league is the risk of injuries. These guys haven't skated in two months. They're going to need at least a month to get ready. Yes, you're so right about that. And also, again, we're in the middle of a best of five. All right, I'll concede. Let's do best of five for that first round playoff series. Calgary's playing Winnipeg. All of a sudden, uh, game two. Uh, Matthew Kachuk, Mark Giordano, Sean Monahan, Johnny Hockey, and David Riddick all get COVID. What do we do? Yeah. What happens? Do we play on? We play on with uh, with guys from the farm team. Do we like? It's. I still don't know how this is going to work. And the guys on the farm team, the guys on the farm team aren't playing because their season's been canceled. So yeah, you. uh, And are they allowed to? You already have an expanded roster. Uh, You have the Black Aces in the playoffs. So how are you allowed to have like five or ten more guys because? of that situation because of the potential for injury because of the potential for COVID. I don't know. There's so many questions. 
every day it, it's something new and it's it's a moving target as uh, Darren Greger said on our show Monday night having said that as Larry David would say Dan I see that Calgary Winnipeg first round matchup and I get giddy I get so giddy just at the thought of it and I know it's sort of by accident that they happen to to be paired against each other in that first round but just the thought of a Calgary Winnipeg playoff series of any type just an all Canadian matchup like that is so exciting to me I mean, I'm I mean sorry. I, the hockey might be terrible but yeah it sounds like there's some frogs talking here I'm just laughing at the noises it sounds like full-on orgy every animal back there just that it's like mating call after mating call and it's just like they're all trying to one-up each other by the way are you wearing a collared shirt toolsy is that are you wearing the shirt you wore on the on the show i am yeah yeah okay and i'm wearing the same thing i wore on the tv show because we got an email from our our wardrobe person carrie gendron and it scared me a little bit because it was talking about all these guidelines we probably didn't get the email uh it, it's like an email that says all the guidelines that we need to follow dressing uh when we're doing our shows from home and i think you and i are just fine we throw on a shirt we throw on a jacket but it really seemed like they're uh, they're dropping the hammer on us so that's why i dressed up for the podcast that i because I, I just wasn't sure because usually i take this stuff off and then put on you know like uh like a muscle shirt or something to show off my guns but this yeah, time I, I, did, I so I didn't even get that email and I still did it anyway. Look at that. I, I can read the tea leaves. I think we're you need to get, I think you need to get that eye looked at. I think you might have pink eye. It's is it's it like dripping. bad? Yeah, it's really? dripping. I gotta say, first of all, the fact that you can see that means the quality of this Zoom call is pretty good, I have to say. Is that what they call a, you? I, do they call you drippy eye on right? They call me the drip. <laughs> There he is, the drip chair. The drip chair. <laughs> that can mean a lot of things. Because, you know, that can mean you're you're dressed well. Uh, and that can also mean uh, you have a sexually transmitted disease. I always remember, <laughs> uh, I always remember in uh, uh, Cable Guy. Remember the movie Cable Guy with Jim Carrey? And yeah. he said that he was, he was talking about having sex with somebody. He's like, don't worry, I'm clean, not a drip. I always remember that. <laughs> <laughs> that movie, Tools, I got to tell you, I got to tell you guys this. I saw that film at a theater. I don't think it exists anymore near Young and Eglinton in Toronto when it came out, opening weekend, on the Friday night of opening weekend. Now, you have to remember, this is coming off of uh, uh, Ace Ventura, and I believe The Mask had already been out. So Jim Carrey's the hottest star on the planet. This He's massive. This is a huge movie. It's directed by Ben Stiller. Matthew Broderick's in it with him. And it's Jim Carrey and the Cable Guy. I went with a buddy of mine who has, also has a weird sense of humor like we do. And the two of us are in a packed theater laughing our balls off through the whole thing. The entire theater's silent, like in shock at what's <laughs> happening. Because they just didn't get it. They didn't get what he was doing. They wanted the goofy Ace Ventura Jim Carrey, not this scary, perverse, you know, Jim Carrey that was like a stalker, basically. Hey, uh, you know what movie um, and what franchise uh, my daughters and I started watching over the weekend? Air Bud. I saw that you were bewildered a little bit by uh, Air Bud Spikes Back. Um, oh, no. Was it no, the just basketball one? Yeah, it's the original one where he learns to play basketball. Right. Did you know there's 12 in the series? 12 <laughs> Air Bud movies. Anyway, so no we're watching it and we're having a hoot because it's outlandish. Hey. We, were, we were very entertained. And then at one point, they're having a huddle and all the teammates put their, their hands in and the dog puts their paw in. And it's the most unrealistic looking paw. Like, couldn't they have just coax the dog to they just hold the paw and put it it looked like my daughters had made the fake paws so i sent that and um to cap it off i sent that tweet out air bud on twitter sent me a message today responding to that tweet so air bud i finally made it tweeted me and what did the message say let's hear it he he had the he was he like, the, rough, rough. <laughs> no, he, it, it's one of those memes that's going around or whatever you call them, where it's like. My uh, erections have returned. Um, 2020 and what I thought it was going to be in 2020 now. So it was like 
the, the shot was all their hands in the huddle and the fake paw. And then on the other side of the screen was a picture of me, like saying like, oh, this is what I wanted and this is what happened. So okay. Airbud played a little uh, joke. Who the heck is running the Airbud uh, <laughs> Instagram account? He can't, even if it is Airbud himself with his paws, he can't manipulate a phone or anything like that. Do you guys remember that movie at all? I remember it coming out. I don't, I never, I've never seen any of the Airbuds, I have to admit. So I no, had a lot like, of. It's uh, just like Space Jam. I, le I was left with a lot of uh, questions, as you might when a, a dog plays basketball. First off, there were at least two to three verbally abusive men who may have no there was definitely three the coach was throwing balls at a kid's head one of the dads was like drunk in the crowd yelling like oh, you're taking my kid out and then there was the clown who originally owned Airbud, and he was a clown who went to to parties and he was bombed out of his mind and he beat the dog so it was very uh, traumatic at times. Seems dark. Seems like a little too, Airbud got too dark. Yeah. And then there was another scene um, where the, the kid, Zach, I think is his name, starts, he finds this old church that's abandoned. It's an old hoop. And he's like, okay, I'll, I'll practice here. And then he knocks down a fence. And it's like, you can tell it was shot in BC. It's a beautiful lake with mountains. And you're like, okay, this is going to be integral in the story never made any other reference to the lake or the mountains. I'm like, why would you, why would you show that shot? I just was just very confused at times. And then the dog entered the game and they allowed it. Well, the movie was called Air Bud. <laughs> but I thought it would end with the other coach saying, no, it's against the rules. They're like, you're right. You can't play a dog. That's how they end the movie. <laughs> All right. We're going to substitute. My pooch. Actually, that is 1,000% against the rules. All right. Sorry about that. Roll credits. <laughs> and, and the ref assists Air Bud on a free throw. He, like, bounces oh, it to cool. him, and then Air Bud puts it in with his nose. And I'm like, was can't Was the that. ref Dick Bavetta? Was it Dick Bavetta? <laughs> it was not. No. Uh, okay. A couple of things. Uh, I, well, one thing I really want to bring up, is the fact that, oh no, two things. Space Jam, we talked about that because you watched that with your daughters. I got eviscerated for saying that Space Jam was boring, that Space Jam was bad, Space Jam made no sense. I want to make it clear, and I think I did make it clear. I've never seen Space Jam, Jeremy Taggart joining us now. I've never seen it, and I never will. So I don't care about it, but people are getting upset at me for calling it out and saying that it was bad. It's like, no, I'm just saying, that millennials love it and Gen Xers like Jeremy Taggart and myself don't know it. And it's not a part of our lexicon or anything <laughs> to do with us. But what are you talking about? we're talking about Space, Space Jam. Jam. Oh, the movie Space Jam. Like I, I saw someone tweet that that's the dividing line between millennials and Gen Xers. Millennials care about Space Jam. Gen Xers don't. And I agree with that. And, yeah. But from what I've heard, it's a terrible movie. But I'm just going by hearsay. If you want to watch Space Jam, you go ahead and watch Space Jam at home. Jeremy Where's Taggart looks fantastic in a deep V tonight. He is looking fantastic. <laughs> it, I feel like I was too old for Space Jam. Like it felt like it was for kids. Yes. Yes, yes. exactly. 100%. That was my whole point. Yeah. yeah. Dan just watched it with his daughters, which is totally acceptable and sounds like he thought it was not great. No, it's great because it's, <laughs> it's great, Jerry. You know this from my attention span. It's like an hour long. It's maybe 55, 60 minutes. So I did not get up once during the movie. It's that short? Yes. Yeah. It is it's very like short. an hour? Yes. Come on. <laughs> and we saw, if you guys watched The Last Dance, you saw Jordan filming it. And it was like he was at peak, peak exhaustion in his career. He clearly didn't want to be there. So it was probably an hour and a half movie. And then right. probably through filming, right? They were like, Jordan, only, we'll only do three more days of shooting. We For might sure. be able to get an hour. Because right? he was trying to get his game back together, right? He was like, that's the last thing he cared about. Exactly. Yeah. He had already signed the deal, though. He was like, I got to do this. But here's the thing, fellas. You got me for 10 days of shooting. And they're like, we can only do an hour movie out of that. I guess we're doing an hour movie. 
And they built him a full court there. Like that was yeah. impressive. Yeah, for sure. I, I yeah. by the way, are you guys been talking about that? Just the whole documentary, or just that? Oh yeah, we actually have a little bit, but we haven't we haven't really talked about the ending and how, like the, our overall thoughts on it. So let's let's uh, get let's start with Jeremy. What, what what are your overall thoughts on that documentary? I thought it was fantastic. I mean, it was a great uh, for me just. The, the era of 1984 to 1998, like so many, that was it. Like I totally went from nothing to everything. And it, I think um, even just when you start watching the 95 to 98 era, like I forgot that I even saw, like I saw like two or three games with in that era, like with Grizzlies. I saw the Grizzlies play them. I saw the Raptors play them. And uh, I just remember, uh, no different than like seeing the end of Mario Lemieux or Gretzky when you're just out to, to point and say, there he is, and that's Jordan playing. And you could tell the difference. Like I still remember watching Lemieux and going, man, like it's just such a difference when he gets the puck, you know, for sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. I feel the same way, Jared. That that whole era of the Jordan Bulls is just like my high school and then my college. So it's just like, well, we're like a all year apart. All of it. You, me and Dan are like with this yeah. year. So yeah, that's it just it. brought me back there. The first, uh, the first trilogy, the first three titles felt like high school. The next three felt like uh, Ryerson. And I, <laughs> I was lucky enough to go to that last, uh, to that Jordan game, the Bulls against uh, the Raptors at Sky Dome. I was at, I was among the 36,000 at that game. That was an incredible experience. I have one minor quibble about the documentary, but Dan, I'll let you, I'll get to that later. Dan, your thoughts on the documentary. I wonder if your quibble is the same as mine. And by the way, I've still got two episodes to go, is the jumping back and forth. I get so confused. And I'm like, where are we again? And <laughs> Wait, no, nobody, nobody gets confused. They literally say, they, yeah, they I have do. a graphic that takes <laughs> no, you back. I do. I don't no, want to. No, but I think that too. Like, <laughs> I remember having to, like, rewind it 30 seconds to be like, wait a second. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay, no, Thank no. you. Thank you, Jeremy. And no, but that's, guys, that's a tell me, We're too guys. Big. I was just going to say, <laughs> let's, let's fess up. We all watched it big. And even as <laughs> and <laughs> even as baked as we were, there's no way. There's no way you could. It's so clear. It's so here, clear. here, here. Can I tell you? I think you guys will um, get a kick out of this too. My favorite part is one of Jordan's security guys, the guy with the gray curly hair. Oh, yeah, this guy. I'm, like, I'm like, how did they get? How does he have a security guard? It's it's amazing, Dan, because later, like this isn't a spoiler, but he really talks about how important those guys were to him. They were all, they yeah. were his entourage, right? Yeah. They, he want he wanted older guys around him. It makes so much sense to me too. Great a guy entourage. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you, you have he, a bunch of people that have lived and they've seen yes. it all, and it's not bullshit. There's no new money crap going on. It's all about life, man, for sure. Think about think about the the only guy he really listened to was his dad, right? And then essentially the security guy becomes his like surrogate father because he just doesn't trust anyone unless it's someone who, as you said, Jeremy, has lived, has experienced things. He doesn't yeah. feel he has anything to learn from any of his peers, so he doesn't want to hang around with those people. My yeah. minor quibble, I don't even want to – okay, it's not going to spoil anything for you, Toolsy, but the final song is Pearl Jam's Present Tense. That's the final song of the documentary. From No Code. It's kind of a deep cut from No Code. Let me just say this. I grew up with Pearl Jam, love Pearl Jam, think they're awesome. Not a single member of the Chicago Bulls was listening to Pearl Jam except for Judd Bushler, for God's sakes. Why Pearl Jam? I'll tell you why. Because the director loved Pearl Jam his whole life and he loved No Code and he loved that song and he said, if I ever make a documentary, that's gonna be the final scene. But you know what, director? you for doing that because that's <laughs> that's eddie vetter's the chicago guy i know i knew you were gonna say that Jeremy, and that's equally that's no <laughs> <laughs> i did like the soundtrack through the entire thing though yeah it was amazing point, it was awesome right yeah. up until that point it was You're so right. good it was so relevant 
it seemed hey like guys. they were, they were go all, it was all based in the time frame. And yeah, that's a little bit hipster for sure. Guys, can we talk about Scotty Pippen's voice for a second? Oh my <laughs> God. How, how, I could, he needs like, to voice books. He needs very to voice white. books. Yes. He's silky smooth. Oh, yeah. He's, um, you know, the thing my father in law, who's passed away now, uses he loved Scottie Pippen because he felt he looked, he was so regal. He looked so regal. He was like yeah. royalty out there. He was like, he had the beautiful posture. He, he looked like he himself. should be on a playing card. Yes, exactly. He should, like, he should be running entire countries and kingdoms. And <laughs> he's just, I loved him, man. But man, he got, I, it bothers me so much when players who are great get shafted contract wise. I don't know why it yeah. bothers me so much. But, but he then he ended so up shafted. making he ended up making 130 million in his career, though, right? Like he made more money than Jordan, actually. In right, both right. Combined. Yeah. In the end, exactly. it all worked out for him. But it, it, like the the prime years, he was so underpaid. It's uh, for sure. I don't know why that bothers me so much. Yeah. It was great though. It was really I love I miss it already. It's one of those things. Yeah. You know, you love a you love a TV show when you miss it that much. Hey, Did you Jeremy, guys, I was going to ask ahead. how the um, the quarantine's been, how the self-isolation with the family's been. You guys uh, gone crazy? Have you taken up any um, uh, new uh, tricks? Uh, have you uh, mastered what? anything? Are, did <laughs> you, you ask Jeremy anything? if he and his family are turning tricks? <laughs> no, if they've, if they've mastered anything, new skills. Yeah, well, if there's any tips to get, to get through. Um, well, today was good. It was hot, but we uh, were in the backyard doing some landscaping and putting up a fence. So anything that's like a like a family get together accomplishment thing, that's great if you can do stuff like that. But uh, mostly, it's just been kind of trying to get the kids to bed at a normal hour because they're all <laughs> like I got John's fourteen, Jack's twelve. I mean, it's basically like having two teenagers now where. They want to watch South Park from two till four in the morning, you know. So it's, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I get That's... it. It's like it's fun. It's summer. It's like a party. Good times, but it's hard to stay awake. Jeremy, are those bugs? Are those bugs still in the backyard? Because I will never forget when we sat around the fire the one night, and I woke up, and my foot was triple the size after have they returned there? Have you seen it since? Because something well, attacked my. I had at least two hundred bites on my ankle. Yeah, I think it was just like mosquitoes or some kind of black flies that were just rocking your feet in particular. <laughs> but like you documented it pretty well, actually, on your podcast. We were worried for a minute. Like there was a couple of days where it's like, are you going to die? Is this gout? Like, what the hell is this? It was so itchy. <laughs> oh, I, I love that line, though. They were rocking your feet. <laughs> They were. It was like Woodstock on Dan's feet. You, you, you usually have to pay extra for that. It was well, like, I think I remember like, asking. I think I was like, do you want some, some repellent? And you're like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> so you did, nah, I'm good at out. Like, I'm pretty sure. Because <laughs> they didn't get me. I know. But yeah, it you're was more like, than welcome. We can have a social distance hang on the deck. Yes, we need that. It was like Trinity Bellwoods Park on Toolsy's foot, right? There. <laughs> it really was, for sure. Yeah. Jer, but, um, you also, I was just going to, you also have a trampoline, which I'm fascinated by because that's such an interesting uh, piece of play equipment. Um, yeah. Well, uh, this, we have this, I have the spring free trampoline. So there's no springs, right? So it's flush right to the edge. So there's no like oh. getting caught in the springs or anything. So it's Ooh, a good, like, right. safe, safe place for the kids to play in. It's really good. I love so, it. I love so it. So Jeremy, I've heard about these new ones. You can get ones that go into the ground. So if you fall off, you just like fall onto the lawn. But this one has a catch. Like it, it's, it's all surrounded the net. Right. So you can fly into nets. it like a wrestling ring. I just <laughs> look at them. I just look at them and I see emergency room visits. I know, emergency room visits. That's all I see when I see them. Mine's the safest. We've had it for almost three years and no no injuries. 
Wow. So, Jer, uh, you and Jonathan Torrens have an album coming out in June called Bods, which I think is a great title. Yes. Um, and you have a new single coming out this Wednesday that everyone needs to check out. Tell, tell us about it. Yes, it's called Animals Sound the Same. It's kind of our kids' song for the album. And uh, these two characters, Jean-Guy and Alec, they're... Uh, they're trying to break the kids game market. They're not great, but like they really like to try and they're a little creepy. So with the video will drop and people get to see me and Jonathan being creepy uh, with our kids jam. And the album drops on June 11th and that's when our next, like I guess our first uh, real single, I guess the more poppy song called Terry Got Wasted that- Oh, it's again. amazing. It's amazing. So we're going to be filming actually that video in the, this next week and a half or so, but we're going to have a Zoom video featuring Dan as Terry and Jonathan and Adam Baldwin. <laughs> amazing. So amazing. Now, what kind, of, what kind of direction have you given Dan? Because if you know uh, anything about Dan, if there's a script, uh, Dan will see it and absorb elements of it. <laughs> but he will not. He will never regurgitate the exact words. Uh, the the no beauty of this, there's only there's no need for any script at all. It's more Perfect. stunt kind of stuff. So like, <laughs> if we can get some like marshmallow state like puff and put it on your chest, so you'll have a s'more going there, and maybe run through your door. Oh, Something like that. <laughs> those both those things I do on a regular basis. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was kidding. So you can be a human s'more for us, and you can go through a screen door. Tulsi, oh, didn't yeah. you injure your hand? Uh, isn't that how you nearly lost your thumb or whatever going through? Screen no, that was in a, that was in a bouncy castle. A bouncy <laughs> castle injury. All right. Yeah, okay. it did one. It did one of these. Just bent it okay. all the way, like oh, back down the Oh man. Yeah. Were you? Were you? Uh, did you have a couple of drinks before your zero? It was a kid's no! birthday. It was a kid's birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell were you doing in there? <laughs> hey, I, I, you can, you feel like Michael Jordan in a bouncy castle that has a basketball hoop in it because you're like, uh, for sure, just slamming it down. So I yeah. did that one too many awesome. times. <laughs> right on, man. How are you hey, guys Jer doing in this quarantine? Well, we're doing great. I wanted to ask you: Did you and Jono have a uh, have a tour plan to support the album? Because I know so many bands, obviously, and artists and comedians, everybody, you know, all their tours are being shelved, and it's such a such a quite quite honestly, it is. And thank uh, thankfully, we're going to be doing a, a couple of side door access shows. If you've heard about side door. It's, uh, they were primarily doing shows in communities. So like private shows in people's houses uh, for great artists and comics and people that want to perform. But now since the quarantine, they've kind of found a, a niche in online shows. So they've had Dan Mangan and his wife, Laura, have put, they, they put Side Door together and there's been a, a bunch of great concerts from Said the Whale to, uh, I think uh, Stephen Page did one last week, and there's a bunch of other artists that are kind of um, making some cash through a, an opportunity where there isn't. So it, instead of it being, you know, 20 bucks to go to a place, it's like six bucks, but you're actually watching a live performance, and it's got a really cool vibe because you see everybody that's there. And uh, so we're going to go that route. We're going to do a side door show in June. I hey, love Jeremy. It. I love um, it. I I wanted to ask not to bring the mood down here, oh, but um, what? Wait, before oh, you do that, Tulsi, I'm so sorry to interrupt you, but Engineer Jim is on this Zoom call with us. Oh right. wow, hey, Jim, he how are you? All right, hey. is he coming <laughs> in? I don't, I don't see him. There he, he is. There he is. <laughs> Look at that fire! Look, Look at that, at that. <laughs> It's not a party till you have fire. Let me tell you. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Jim, you're looking great, buddy. We haven't seen you since all, this all started. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're we're doing great here. The family, everybody, we're just chilling at the pad and, you know, kind of sheltering at home and being smart and wearing our masks when we go out and all that stuff and, uh, you know, being 
conscious of other people, you know? So Jim, are you going into work at Fox? Are you still doing, are you doing it from home? Uh, the last day I worked at Fox was March 13th. Oh, wow. Uh, Literally, I was one of the last guys in there. We were doing, getting ready to do stuff for a NASCAR race. And, uh, I think it was a Friday and we were getting ready to do stuff for the race that weekend. I was doing the open court, a few other things. And, and literally it was me and the producer who was cutting the piece and when I came in, they said, you get out of the building. And there was nobody else wow. there. Yeah. Wow. So, they chased uh, you. They chased you out of there. Chased us out. It was crazy. I couldn't believe it. One of the EICs came in to talk to me, and he's like, because yeah, the day before, we went up to get our girls. They go to UC Davis, and we got them out of school. The school basically said, hey, we're shutting down. We're going to do the finals online for that quarter um come get your kids or you know if they want to stay they could stay so we drove davis is right near sacramento we drove up to sacramento picked them up came home stay <coughs> went into fox and they were like hey you don't know what happened yesterday i guess the day before on the 12th they told everyone to go home and it's been pretty much in kind of like lockdown mode since then Wow. Hey, uh, Jim, by the way, uh, Jeremy Taggart is with us on this uh, call. I just wanted hey, to Hey, Jeremy. Know. How's it going, Jim? Great to see Great, you, man. man. Good to see you. Good to see you. It was cool hearing. I, I, I got on early. I was listening to you talking about uh, the record that's coming out. That's great. Thanks, Jim. Always, uh, always good to see you, and I hope we can catch up at some point sometime soon. I would love that very much. <laughs> Um, so Jim, right now, tell us about quarantine life at the Mitchell household. Is it just nonstop pool parties with masks <laughs> and nothing else and, yeah, and then running through the fire? Oh, look at that. Wow. Look at that. Gorgeous. That is uh, a big pool. I, I, I will admit I was in it naked earlier. All right. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, are the girls home? Like, what's going on? That's, that's weird. Oh, yeah, there's no, there's no modesty here, you know. <laughs> and what about what about the rules? Like, do you have? Because they're off at college, so it's like you kind of send them off into the real world, and now they're back under your roof. So, like, is it kind of strange? Yeah, it is. It, it really is. Uh, uh, it's, it's great that you said that because, uh, like, even um, Andrew, who's been away at school for the last three years, and, you know, he comes back and visits all the time, but it was crazy with him. Uh, you know, he just wasn't used to being locked in home in his room and all that stuff. It was, you know, kind of crazy. Uh, but we're getting used to it. It took some adjustment. There was an adjustment period for everybody. So it's in, in LA. In LA, it's full on. You, if you leave your house, you've got to wear a face mask, right? Yeah. yeah. That's whereas here the rules are. Not everybody does that, but that's right. what the rules are. But it seems yeah. like more people are doing that than there, than here, because here, you know, on Saturday I'm walking around and maybe I want to say maybe a third tops are wearing wearing masks. More like a, maybe maybe one one sixth. <laughs> like if you go masks. grocery shopping, though, I've seen everybody's wearing them in the like at Sobeys. I find yes, yes, that's true. Yeah. yeah. And now do they do like the plexiglass barrier for like yeah. the cash register. Just yeah. stuff, yeah. Yes, so, they do. Oh, so they're kind of doing that thing here, you know. It's really what a just crazy new reality we're all living in. It's yeah. so I wanted to ask uh, Jim and Jeremy. Maybe, um, Jim, you start with this one because you know the music industry. You know how reliant they are on touring. So have you talked to people because yeah. the, you've got the, the people in charge of the tours, you've got the bands in the tours, you've got the, the, the venues that stage the tours. Like it's just decimated that industry. Are some bands never going to recover from this? Because what's your percentage from touring? 90% of your income? 
Yeah, it's everything. Oh, yeah. I mean, now <laughs> that's where all the bands are making. Jeremy, you can attest to that. That's where they're making their money now is live shows, you know, and the merch that they're selling at their shows, you know. Um, ugh, it's rough. I, I Look, at, <laughs> I, I think, you know, they'll find a way to get us into some sort of reality where we can have live sporting events. And of, of course, it'll probably be without like in Nashville. They did a few shows at like a drive-in movie theater where um, everybody sat in their cars and they played a show and the band was up on stage. It was pretty cool, actually, you know? That makes sense. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, you know? Um, is it the best thing? No, but it's something. So, and, so yeah, Jeremy, find a way. So, Jeremy, have you spoken to people? Yeah, man, it's it's uh, everybody's basically like they don't know what to do, and it's not the work. I feel sorry for it's like if you're a successful band and you have cash to to get through this, then that's cool. Yeah, um, but if you're like a a jobber musician and your like way to make a living is like you got to play gigs every week in bars and places that people are at, there's a lot of friends of mine that are doing that life, and it's like there's nothing, man. So yeah, um, thank God there's a nail on the head. It really yeah, you're totally hit the nail on the head. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at least in Canada, there's there's a benefit where they can get two grand a month because there's no you know, they're not playing gigs, so maybe they can take care of their rent or whatever, but um, that's the, the community that's getting hit the hardest, the the, the kind of blue-collar musicians that are having to work every day. And you think of the um, the album cycle, right, guys? You, you put out an album, you work, you know, you tour it, then you go back in studio. It, it's this, like, cyclical thing, and you build everything up for these summer tours, and you're probably you're counting on it so much financially, and I just feel it's those mid-tier bands, like you said, Jer. Those bands, you know, yep. basically the bands I listen to. Yeah, exactly. Like, right, like the ones I really like. That yep. all right? Hey, we're good. We put out a record. We're going to promote it. Well, not only are you not going to be able to do that, not going to be able to make any money, but in a sense, your record I feel like gets sort of uh, lost in the ether as a band because you're not out there promoting. Right. Yeah. It's, it's well, who has shame. like two, who has like a sixteen-month nest egg to just sit there when you're, <laughs> you know, when you're a it's band true. that you make money yeah. going out for touring for six weeks, and that's how you live for the next four months, you know? Yeah. And yeah. you repeat yeah. that. Yeah. Now, absolutely. It's, it's interesting. Even like uh, engineers and producers, a uh, very well-known producer. Um, who's made tons of hit records, uh, a guy by the name of Kevin Shirley, uh, and he does a lot of mixing and stuff. He was uh, going on social media saying, hey, you know, uh, DM me if you want me, if you got me to, like, independent artists like anybody. You know, hey, if you follow me on the internet, you know, you want me to mix your song, I'll mix your song. Yeah. You know, wow. Send it yeah. to me and I'm thinking about doing the same thing. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Yeah. Well, it's yeah. true because you're like, uh, the other thing is like a lot of musicians are starting to um, record themselves on other people's tracks in their homes. And like yeah. drums was like, that was something you could never do before. But now with technology, you can get a pretty decent drum sound in your house. So a lot of drummers are like, doing sessions online just send me your yeah. track and i'll play on it and give me and and, and how many artists who have the, the kick-ass home studio are going to come out with like a work of art after all this because <laughs> they've just been working on it the entire time every single waking moment think yeah. about all the writing that's been going on right now i mean For sure some great stuff you know uh I, I i i set up a home studio in my house now you know I, I always had a rig like at Billy's or wherever back in the day at Slashes or whatever. Mm. And uh, um, a lot of my stuff was in storage. I, I kept it in uh, Gilby's locker, you know, and Billy's locker. And I brought some of that stuff out. And I have it set up at my house and, you know, see what That's happens. That's great. Yeah. I love it. 
I love it. Yeah. I love the Coldwater yeah. Canyon studio. Here we go. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Get some mixes out. Uh, a, a little little skinny dipping. You know yeah. what I'm saying? A little drinking. Yeah. You know, <laughs> a little rock. You know what I'm saying? Come yeah. On. Stuff. You got a way to get through this quarantine. Are you yeah. I, I, me? The best would be if, if all of a sudden, and Jared, I think you'll appreciate this. If all of a sudden a million Canadian bands that listen to this podcast suddenly contact Jim, and the next <laughs> thing you know, you are mixing and producing CanCon like nobody's business. Baby. That's it. <laughs> I, I'm all about it. Send me your stuff. That's and right. and DM and Jim me. and Jim. Five months. Once we get into five months of staying at home, that's when things get really funky. The music <laughs> is just going to be like, what's happening? Yeah, people like don't give a shit about hooks anymore. It's just way out there. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. That's a lot of concept I, I, album. My kids will be like, I don't know what's wrong with daddy. He's like leaving pee in jars everywhere. And <laughs> yeah. like, Get out of my studio, kids. <laughs> You're getting working in shifts. You got like Prince just going all night. That's right. <laughs> oh, boy. Remember uh, the old times and you could do podcast tours and get all laughed together in a big room. Yeah. That that's it's that fun. seems that, that podcast tour seems like it was five years ago. Yeah, it really does. It oh. really does. Well, my my kids have not been in a store now for three months. Like they're like going to shoppers drug mart would be like awesome for them. But oh, now funny, keep... funny you mentioned that. So my daughter Ruby, she's like She's now, she thinks like the stores have completely changed. And she's like, I just want to see inside now. Because we tell her mm -hmm. about the barriers and how there's you know, they can't to go stand in. behind one person, one person for family. So they That's think right. it's just like bizarre world. They're like, what is going on? We just want to see inside. Yeah. Well, actually, I my wife, Lisa, they, they're doing like a one person per family thing yeah. in the stores and stuff. Yeah. 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 No. Like if I go with Lisa to to the supermarket, they're like, "Sorry, one person only." So the kids, yeah. they, they can't go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. They they have I, that hasn't happened here at all. You know. Oh wow. Oh okay. That's interesting because California is so uh, yeah. It's like they're they're very honest. you know much like us. They're on it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um. Oh, that's well, that's really interesting. Well, give Gavin uh, no, uh, Gavin Newsom a call, Jim. Give give uh, the governor a call and, and just uh, suggest it, and then take credit for it. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'll have him come down to the studio. You know what I mean? <laughs> I feel like he's gonna be he's gonna be president one day, Jim. So you gotta get to get I, you gotta I, I hobnob with him so now. Too. Yeah, I, and I I think either he or Cuomo will yes. has a good shot. Yeah. Yes. Cuomo and his nipple rings. <laughs> I want you know, those to be totally, it has to be nipple rings, right? Oh, yeah, it is. Big time. That's fantastic. Where's he going at night? Well, that's going to be like 20 years ago, though, Jared. 20 years ago, that ends a political career. Now it's just like, oh, that's interesting. All right, move on. He's all, you know, he's one of those pipe my Nipples, guys. <laughs> <laughs> harder, harder. The rings, the rings are here for a reason, for God's sake. <laughs> I said tug, damn it. It's a horse bit. Uh, oh, like boys, this has been fun. <laughs> Pull the pin, for God's sake. <laughs> Uh, uh, should we end uh, on that note? Yeah, yeah. I guess we should end. <laughs> hey, wait, wait, Jim. I had an idea though how to end this. You're sitting next to a pool. I'm sitting next to a pool. I say we do dueling cannonballs. I'm down. You that want to do that? Awesome. I'm in. Let's do it. Okay. All right. Jerry, you're, nice. next, Jerry, you're, All right. you're next to a lake, Jerry. You could do it. Yeah, I could, but it's just that I don't feel like it getting all foggy. 
I'm, I'm going. I'm so in. with you, brother. I'm so with you. Let me tell you something. It's it's okay. still like 93 here right now. So look at right. that. I'm going look in. Look at that. Come on. I love it. Man. I love it. Jim, you're the best. Great talking to you, my friend. Love, love you guys. guys. Can so we much. ready? Love you there guys. There he goes. He's going ready? in. Get in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god best ending ever that was incredible that's awesome ah, back amazing see you guys. guys see you guys thanks see you for guys. Uh, listening bye everybody take care Listening to the Jay and Dan podcast, brought to you by our friends at McDonald's. James Duffy presents the Rubber Boots Podcast. So we're sitting down at our table. The, the waiter comes up, and he's like profusely sweating. <laughs> and this is like 100% his first line to us. He goes, "Hello." I am not well. <laughs> I'm very ill. <laughs> you ate there? I came down with it yesterday. I've just not been good. Not good at all. Get it at tsn.ca and anywhere you get your podcasts.